Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Zanza here, and I am so excited to welcome another amazing guest to this show today, Donna Citroni. She is an ally, and her pronouns are she, her, of course. So let me tell you about Donna. Donna has successfully combined a 40-year nursing career with integrative health and medicine. Her unique journey as a holistic nurse began early in her nursing career and clearly manifested upon earning a master's degree in holistic health studies from Georgian Court University. She is certified as an advanced holistic nurse by the American Holistic Nurses Association and a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Then earned a master's degree in psychological counseling from Monmouth University. Donna most recently was certified as a health and wellness coach by the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaches. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Is that me? (laughs) I I know. When I read things like that about myself, like when it's going on and on. It's almost hard to hear, actually. Well, it's also (laughs) like, I'm grateful. (laughs) We are are of a certain age (laughs) to have done that, all that stuff. So Donna is known as Mama Donna in the queer world that she exists in. She is an ally. So Donna, can you tell us a little bit about your ally journey? I have a son who is gay and very successful in his world of having wonderful friends and community and a very successful career with Wella as a, a master, a stylist and colorist. I think that I became very serious about uh, being mindful how to support my son when I did that second master's in counseling psychology. And I focused a bit on the LGBTQ plus world because I wanted to be not only his mother and supportive, but I wanted to be even more than that. And what I learned from what the research says is that You can be supportive, but that if you look at the pictures of the family, if you don't see pictures, uh, if the person uh, has a partner of the partner and the person together in the pictures with the family, then you might not be as supportive as you imagine. So, and the other thing I learned is that you have to, or I had to go where his world is, not only have him visit me and my world, because the worlds are somewhat different. And so me and my husband trekked to paradise in Asbury where Christopher hung out. And that's kind of how I became known as Mama Donna, because I would try to dress cool 
Like I have, I have my paradise eyeglasses Mm -hmm. and clothes and I would walk in and it was interesting to me because what I found is that there are many, many, many people who do not have any kind of parental support. In fact, they're not welcome in their families. So when Tom and I would come periodically, not to be annoying, but to show up. Showing up every day. <laughs> in your yeah, school. like, here I am, your mother. Yeah. I want to work thanks, here. Mom. This goes, please don't work in paradise. No, I don't want to work in here. You could just make your entry entrances, he, he says. <laughs> just show up here and there. That I, Tom and I started to make really great friends with his friends. And more than one time, we, I was actually told that they wished that their parents could, it did not necessarily hang out at a club like Paradise, but actually step into their world a little more, maybe visit them at their home, rather than the person visiting their family and in the family home all of the time. And so I started to look at our pictures because that was one of our assignments in, in class. I went home and looked at my the pictures because I was doing a, a project around the LGBTQ uh, community. And I started to look at the pictures and I saw that it was kind of true. Like we, we didn't, have like Chris would be with us, but I didn't have a lot of pictures with Chris and his partner with us. Mm-hmm. So I started to make that happen mm-hmm. and it without talking about it really. And I found that with that kind of integration, my relationship with my son became even closer. Mm-hmm. Well, can I tell you, as somebody who is in the queer community and who is, you know, who frequents bars and stuff like that, having a mom or a dad show up and support their kids in the places that they hang out is so incredibly important, Donna. Like, it is so incredibly important. And so thank you so much for doing that because you do provide hope for the parent, the kids. Uh, So many people lose their families and it's absolutely ridiculous that they do. Absolutely ridiculous. But when a mom shows up or a dad shows up in places that um, queer folks inhabit, first of all, it is so needed. And I'm so grateful that you've done that because it shows people that there are families out there that are supportive and kind and loving and completely support their child. So Donna, can you tell me a little bit about your business and the work you do? So I worked um, for the healthcare system for almost 42 years. And what I saw as an ER nurse is that people who are not necessarily in the like mainstream of the world didn't always get the care that they deserved. And top priority on that list for me were women. Mm -hmm. And I saw so many women come into the emergency department and be treated with uh, anxiolytic, with like an anti-anxiety medication and be sent off to their primary doctor, somewhat with a diagnosis, uh, a mental health diagnosis, without even ever really asking the questions of why. 
And so my first certification is actually in women's ambulatory women's health. And I learned as much as I could about not really wanting to follow that path and to be able to support these women. And then from that, I also then expanded my territory because I had a son affected with Down syndrome. And then I realized that people with special needs were in the same boat. And then people who were in the the communities, LGBTQ, blah, 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 were also in the same boat. And I thought, all right, I am happiest when I am serving the underserved. Mm-hmm. And that part of, of that is understanding that having unconditional positive regard for a person is number one and perfect presence along with that, I would say symbiotic. It's a symbiotic relationship, being perfectly present with whoever it is that you're serving. And for the reason of being in service, not necessarily the reason of I want this to feed my ego, because there's like a fine line between You know, being, uh, I don't know, Mother Teresa and everyone thinking that. Yeah. And really, truly being in service because that what you found is is your path. So anyway, the bottom line is, long story short, because then it becomes a long story. I ended up in this master's with a wonderful person as one of my teachers, Dr. Joanne Jodry, who certainly in my mind is a very feminine feminist. Uh, I'm not sure if she would call herself that, but I say feminine because she has a heart of like gold and she is so raw in the way that she presents her authenticity that I decided I wanted to be just like that. And she ran the spirituality tract in the psychological counseling program. I already had done a master's in holistic health studies. So the spirituality part of me was kind of opening like a lotus flower where I didn't necessarily have to stay in the world in my mind of the Catholic religion that I was brought up in. So I'm okay with that. I just found the divine in all of it. Mm -hmm. And that helped me then relate to the opportunities to be able to truly help people in their time of need and to empower people to understand that they can always be their best self, no matter what their past history, no matter what was happening in their life, no matter what support that they have, once they start to believe in themselves. So once I actually was able to retire from I ended my career in in patient safety and quality in a hospital during COVID. And though in 2004, I opened up my practice called The Healing Way. And so once I retired from the hospital, I was able to put two feet in to this practice. I not only double the space I'm in because it's a combined practice of conversation, of guided conversation and somewhat objective oriented conversation, with some kind of holistic modality, whether it's listening to music, guided meditation, voice, Reiki, reflexology, those kinds of practices. It's really amazing because the 
week I retired from the hospital, I felt like I was giving up what I call the golden handcuffs. You know, I had this paycheck coming and my 401k being, and, you know, we still have Jonathan at home and certain responsibilities to family. And I, I don't even think I slept for a week, which is very unlike me. And then I just kept on praying um, that I was doing the right thing for the right reason. My space doubled in a very short period of time. And my husband was very, very, he's the one who made it happen. He's like, the space is available. You need to, you need more space. Mm-hmm. And I probably quadrupled in a month the amount of people that I was seeing. And so it's a very combined practice. I see people who were in their 20s and it's they're some of my favorite. Like I have some males that come so, they're in there. Uh, so what are people like when so when people come to see you? What are your typical clients like? Like what are their what are their challenges or what are they working on? So I can get so I can get clear about like who seeks your help. Um it's varied. Um my practice has expanded with word of mouth. I don't market at all. I mean I'm on social media but it's not a marketing tool. So they'll come a typical client will come and say I'm having a problem with whether it be relationship or career, maybe it's confused about how to express spirituality, uh, relationship issue, and food. So many people will come because of their relationship with food or any other addiction, right? So whether it's shopping or alcohol or smoking pot. And when someone walks in, I, so first of all, we will have a conversation over the phone so that I can get an idea of what they're looking for to see if it's going to be a good match. And that's complimentary. And then they'll come and they'll sit and I'll ask them how they like to spend their time. And I'll just tell them that most people like to spend their time having some conversation about something that maybe bothers them as they put their head on the pillow mm-hmm. and some kind of transformational modality that will help them reduce stress and anxiety. And most people say, yeah, that's what I want. And they'll talk about, I'll ask that question. What is it that goes on in your mind as you put your head on the pillow? Usually that's top priority. And then it's a floodgate. Mm-hmm. Well, my mother, well, my sister, well, my, and mm-hmm. what I try to help them realize is that First of all, I am very much an advocate of loving kindness and -hmm. forgiveness and helping them understand that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that they have to hang out with the person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just means that the anger that they're festering or the resentment that they're festering inside for maybe uh, something that has happened to them in the past is only going to prevent them from being able to live today. And I don't know, I think sometimes it's just beyond me, really. It Mm -hmm. just like happens. And as a chaplain, I'm sure you know how that feels. All of a sudden, we're deep down, you know, what maybe a psychotherapist would take months to reach, like we're deep down in 30 minutes to what the real issue is. And I always knew when I was working as a chaplain that sometimes I would have this extraordinary love for somebody. And I knew it wasn't coming from me. It was going through me. 
And I felt it was the love from, from, from the divine, from the universe. And I'm very purposeful, by the way, of not saying God, because God is a really loaded term for people. And so I always try to find metaphors for how to talk about the divine, the spiritual, the existential. And so a lot of times I understand exactly how you feel. I, I get this extraordinary love from somebody and I, and I, it's just, I'm a conduit. I, that's it. I mean, I'm a present conduit for that person during that moment. And it's, and I've felt that time and time again. And even in my practice now, I feel that as well. So I completely understand what you're talking about. Well, I just find even me, you know, contacting or you contacting me, me contacting, I don't even know how it happened, but all of a sudden I'm here having a conversation with someone that I know I, I kind of feel like, and this is just a metaphor, like we're angels with one wing, but then when we <laughs> meet each other, we can fly and yeah. help even more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I feel the same way. I have people who are Muslim, people who are of the Jewish faith, people who have a faith in nature and connect in, in nature to the universe. Uh, so I am also... Like if you look around my office, there's a Hamsa and a Mary and a Buddha. And, uh, you know, so uh, I have a drum with the uh, four elements and the four animals of Native American medicine, because I think it's important for me to show that everyone is welcome. There is a rainbow pillow sitting in the lobby. There's a sign that says everyone is welcome here Mm -hmm. Uh, because I truly believe that. I really, really believe that at the bottom of my heart because how is it possible? I'm almost like when I look around at my office, like I, it's almost impossible to think that this just happened for no reason. Well, and also too, when you, I always find that, so you retired, right? And then within a month, your business had quadrupled. I always find that when we move towards our authenticity and then, then the universe tends to move incredibly fast. So what is the most authentic part of ourselves, which is probably for you is that is as a healer and as a presence holder, a space holder, um, that's why everything just sort of exploded quickly because you moved, you know, most likely you got into nursing for other reasons. And yes, it was a job that you had for years and taught you a lot of things and you did the very best you could with that position, but probably this whole time you were supposed to be doing something like this, you know, being a space holder for people, being a counselor, being a therapist, all those things. And so once you decided to like give up the safety of the paycheck, that's when everything exploded because you're where you're supposed to be. You know, it's interesting you say that because within a very short period of time, Most times people who are here and they belong here and they're open Mm -hmm. to spirit divine will have incredible things happening. Like they'll get their new job or because they'll be here and I'll be like, how's your resume? They're like, well, I I haven't updated it. I'm like, all right, like you need to update your resume. You want a new job? You need to update your resume. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. have to like healing is a is a verb. It's not a noun. It's a verb. You have to do something. You have to do the work. And then they'll get the job, right? And they'll be like, oh my God. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like 
when you are in line with the universe, I really believe this because it's happened to me over and over. Where I sit right now in my office to me is a miracle. It's just a miracle. Even all these things that have happened to me, like the opportunity to be educated the way I I was. I am so grateful to the organizations that I worked for. They literally paid for all my all my education, even though it wasn't in line directly with what I was doing. In fact, I did have a boss tell me one time that she knew I was a lifelong learner and she would not approve this payment for the second master's in psychological counseling. I was in patient safety and quality at that time, but that if the human resources person would said yes, then she would agree. And I went down to human resources and they said, yes, I was like, what? Well, I think the universe was preparing you for something, you know, know. so I absolutely see it as, as that. And so because of that, I feel like I have a responsibility to be able to uh, walk the road, you know, Mm kind of like the rubber needs to meet the road. Right. I can't be like, oh, well, a lot of my friends are doing, you know, people that I grew up with uh, in in my older years, not older years, but like in nursing, like from 20s up are doing different things now Mm -hmm. you know they're traveling around the world there and it's a good thing and i'm happy for them it's just not what feeds me not right Uh, now maybe later but not right now you've got other things to do um so what are your biggest challenges in your business donna my biggest challenges are being able to find that place that is work life balance, I guess we could call it that. It's not resilience because I'm pretty resilient. It's, you know, when things pop up, like my husband is recovering from surgery right now. And this is my first time back to the office this week. So as I was driving here and leaving him, I was thinking, oh, where is it? Should I be? And uh, this is where I need to be. And he knows that and he's safe. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's being able to balance in my mind because I'm able to do it physically and I'm, and I'm able to do it right. I'm able to make it happen, but I have to, the challenge is being peaceful with the choices that I make that are outside the, it's kind of like the road less traveled, right? I don't know if you've read that book. It's oh, like yeah. I actually lived in the town that he was from. So oh, really? I remember his so, name. You know, I read that was when I was in my like 30s and I go, oh, I want that road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm on that road now. And so, okay, I got what I asked for. Um, but there are times because I also teach at George and Quarter, I teach, I'm teaching lifestyle modifications this year. Um, this semester. And so I'm in the middle of some of that, like whether I should cook or answer my student or mm-hmm. answer text from one of my clients, I start to think, am I on the right road? And then I have, then what I do is I think this way, there are things that are urgent and important. Those mm-hmm. things have to be done. Mm-hmm. And then there are things that are important and that's kind of where self-care comes in. Mm-hmm. And then there are things that are not important and not urgent. And that's what I have to not think about really. 
Yeah, I understand that. Um, With my own clients that I see, I give them, I have, they can text me or message me or something like that, but they have hours. I have hours and and I'm really good about maintaining those hours. So it's the business hours, eight to four central time. And so if that's when I, and, and there may be times where I'll answer them after that, but that's when they're guaranteed to get an answer. <laughs> you yeah, know, I don't, because I can't, if I've, and I'm really good about weekends now because I, used to work all the weekends and stuff. And I was just getting so burnt out. So I, my weekend starts on Friday afternoon at about one and I don't go back to work until about noon on Monday. I work an eight hour day on Monday, but I, I take that time because if, when we, when we're caregiving all the time, you need to need that. You need the rest because if we don't take care of ourselves, I mean, that old cliche, if you don't put your oxygen mask on first, you have to save your child. And so I really believe in putting my oxygen mask on. So what do you, what do you consider your biggest successes, Donna? What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of being able to be who I am. Mm -hmm. I, that is what I'm most proud of. And I think I was helped greatly by the husband that I have and by the fact that I was given opportunity to see things differently through the eyes of my children. How do people reach you? If they're listening to this podcast right now, how can they find you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You could also find me on, so it's the the Healing Way with Donna Citroni, any of the social medias like Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody is going into this business, this, this way of being with people, it's not, it's not really, it's a business, but it's really a way of being with people and working with people. What would be your first piece of advice for them? Do the work, like do the work first. I see uh, what I, what we call in the psychological world, spiritual bypasses. Mm-hmm. So where people will actually, and you probably saw that in chaplaincy, wanting to help nurses are historic for this, you know, other uh, some counselors, you know, not necessarily social workers doing the work first and then giving uh, what they feel they need to other people. But in the process, um, and I, I don't, I don't love the term burnout. I think burnout happens sometimes, but I do think there's what's called compassion fatigue where it's not your fault for it happening. It's just like you can't necessarily do what you believe needs to get done because of organizational influence or money or whatever, or time constraints. A lot of of the healthcare institutions um, really demand a lot of work from their employees. And without a lot of care, I know like when I was in hospice, I completely understand compassion fatigue because when I was at my end of my career at hospice, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And because I was exhausted. And so... But I also, Donna is really right. For those of you who are listening, you have to do the work. What she is talking about, when I heard when Donna first came on, she said she had been an emergency room nurse. And most emergency room nurses that I had met over the years often did the care without doing the work. And so there was an edge to them that I always found. And a lot of times people that go into the helping professions, they are trying to 
they are, it is coming from a really good place, but they're also often used to being caregivers. So it's all they ever known. And by the way, this is me too. I went, yeah. And Donna's raising her hand here because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I was supposed to take care of people because I took care of people from the time I was a little girl. And so what I ended up doing is that came from a place, a good place, but it also came from a place of trying to fill a need. And once I started to do the work, and when we talk about the work, I think Donna and I, and Donna may want to add some things here. We're talking about education, therapy, spirituality, mindfulness, meditation, Reiki, anything else you'd like to add, Donna? Because in the work is different for all of us. Some people respond to some type of work, like maybe meditation, Reiki, um, healing arts, while other people love therapy. <laughs> That's the work for them. So right. would you add a couple more? To, do you have a couple more to add? I think um, when you, when I think of the work, I think of, and uh, Joshua Rosenthal from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, he talked about this many, many years ago, like before health and wellness coaches were known. I, I did the health and wellness coaching program at IIN in the early 2000s. He talks about primary nutrition being nothing that's related to food. And so that's what I, what I talk about the work. So mm-hmm. primary nutrition is thinking about how it is that you relate to your spirit, how it is that you relate to the people in your life. How is it that your behavior affects other people and how does other people's behavior affect you? So it's having insight. It's doing self-reflection. It's having self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Also, it's your career. Like what, you know, people, we need to work. Humans need to work. It doesn't necessarily have to be for a franchise, owning a franchise or being an entrepreneur. It could be tending your garden, but there needs to be some balance around work and play, or we don't know what play is. You know, once play becomes work, then it's not play anymore, right? Yeah. And then so movement. So that's the other element of primary nutrition is movement, moving your body every single day. You can't sit in the chair and watch TV. It is not a, a life is not a spectator sport. It is not. Well, we're going to end the podcast on those very wise words right now. And Donna, it's been a pleasure talking to you you today and hearing your story. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. And thank you for having me. I feel very blessed. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.